With that familiar theme song, we're reminded it's time once again for the Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. This is a daily broadcast with special emphasis on missions and world evangelization under the direction of Dr. Stenny Ballou of Resaca, Georgia. And now, here is Brother Ballou and today's broadcast. Thank you and greetings, radio friends. What a joy and privilege it is to come to your place of listening and share together with you another Harvest Time broadcast. I praise the Lord for this open door, this heaven-bought privilege that our Lord allows us day after day, together by the radio, open His eternal Word and study the Word of God together. I trust that if it's at all possible, you'll take the time out, get your Bible, and follow along with us as we open God's Word today. We're continuing our study based upon John 8, 32, where the Bible said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Again, the Bible said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I've said many times down through the years, if we study, we will show ourselves approved. If we do not study, then we will show ourselves. And the world has seen enough flesh and enough personalities. We need to see God and the work of God and His grace. Again, the Word of God said, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. It's been my lot for the last several years now to preach missions meetings almost every week of my life. I preach on an average of about 60 different meetings a year. That's not counting the single services that I preach in. And about 45 of those 60 meetings or more of them are mission meetings. And God has just placed the burden upon my heart and put me in this. I did not politic for it. I did not run for the office. But God placed me there, gave me a burden, gave me an insight into the Word of God concerning missions. And it's been my responsibility and my wonderful opportunity to travel across this nation and help churches get a Bible-based missions program started. So I felt led of the Lord that I should take this week of broadcasting and go back and just review basic Bible principles about missions. And I felt that the best way I could do this was to just have a series of broadcasts where I ask questions and then answer them in the light of the Word of God. We began on Monday this week, and we started out by looking at the first question, what is missions? And we determined missions is simply someone going somewhere to tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ and God's saving grace. I said to you in a more technical sense, missions is God calling families out of the church to leave the church and go somewhere else in the world and help carry out the great commission of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you're not familiar with the great commission, it has three basic elements. Number one, when a missionary goes to the field, they are to evangelize. Number two, after they get people saved by the grace of God, then they're to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then they're to disciple them, stabilize them by teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And the Lord said, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end 
of the world. You find that in Matthew chapter number 28, verses 18 through verse number 20. So we saw the question, what is missions? Missions is God calling families to leave their church. The church then commissions them and supports them and sends them out to help start other churches and carry out the Great Commission in other parts of the world. Then we look at the second question on where is the mission field? We've discovered that there's a mission field on our street. There are mission fields across the states, the United States of America, and there are many mission fields across the sea. In fact, we come to the conclusion that every sinner is a mission field and every saint is to be a missionary. And then we looked at the question on yesterday, where did missions begin? And we found that missions is a New Testament doctrine introduced to us by the resurrected Lord in what we know as the Great Commission, given to us in the closing chapter of Matthew, the closing chapter of Mark, and also the closing chapter of Luke, and then in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Let me quote from Acts 1, 8 again. The Bible said that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So we are to go into all the world. We're to go to every creature. We're to go to the highways and hedges. We're to go to all nations and share the good news God loves sinners. Christ died for them, and they can be saved if they'll hear the gospel, turn from their sin to the Savior with repentance and faith. God will save them by His amazing grace. But every New Testament doctrine has its type in the Old Testament. And we found that the first glimpse of missions given in the Word of God is found in the book of Genesis, Chapter number three, there we see God himself becoming the first missionary. Adam and Eve become the first mission converts. The Garden of Eden becomes the first mission field. So we looked at that. Where did missions begin? And then we looked at a fourth question on yesterday. Why do missions continue? And I tied those two together on purpose. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, God could have cut them off in judgment, sent them to hell, and started over again. But no, God loved them too much to stay at home and let them go to hell. So since he had no one else to send to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, then he went himself, and the voice of the Lord God came walking in the garden in the cool of the day and said, Adam, where art thou? And then he asked him again, what hast thou done? And you see, friend, God could have wiped them out and started over except for one reason. God loved Adam and Eve so much that he would not stay in heaven and let them go to hell without first going where they were and sharing with them the gospel in typology. And my friend, the reason that missions continue to this day is that God still loves sinners too much to let you and I stay in the comforts of our home and sinners die without Christ and without hearing the gospel and go to hell. So the reason that missions continue is God still loves sinners and still wants them to be saved by the marvelous 
grace of God. Now when we come to question number five and maybe six today, I hope I can deal with two of them. And I want to deal with a question today for the benefit of many of you who do not know. What is a mission conference and what is faith promise missions? And I want to be brief on the first one. Let me say real quickly, it does not matter to me what you call your missions meeting. We use the term missions revival more than anything else in the meetings that I preach at. One reason is I do not think missions meetings ought to be dead, dry, dull, dormant meetings. I believe a mission meeting ought to build revival fires in the church. As we share the burden of Christ, we also share in the blessings of Christ upon that local church. Many do call it a mission conference, and other titles are given. But let me use the word mission conference and deal with what is a mission conference. Somebody has said that a mission conference is the most important business meeting of any church during any given year. There's only one item of business on the agenda, and that is the faith of a lost and dying world. At the close of the meeting, every member will vote on what we're going to do about the condition of these people. We will vote on whether they have opportunity to hear the gospel and be saved, or whether they go on to hell. But we do not vote by the raising of our hand or by the saying, I, but we vote by our giving or our failure to give. If we hear the message of God and we give to support the work of the mission budget of our church, then we vote for sinners to hear the gospel so that they might be saved. But if we do not give, then we vote for them to go to hell without the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. In a sense, I should describe a mission conference by saying it this way. A mission conference is a series of meetings that's set aside by the church to bring a man of God and maybe even other missionaries in who will preach and teach on missions and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the scriptural teaching of missions to your people and thereby give them a burden for a world that's going to hell. You see, my friend, ignorance produces bondage, but knowledge produces a burden. And when a man of God comes in and takes a series of services and preaches and teaches what the Bible says about missions, then it cannot help but place a burden on that church. The Holy Ghost will see to that. And so it's a series of meetings set aside. We bring in missionaries. We bring in a man of God who preaches on missions, teaches our people what the Bible said about missions, and we just go to meeting and let God speak to our heart from his word and teach us and give us a burden for a world going to hell that we might do something about it in our giving, in our praying, or even in our going. So we looked at a mission conference. It is the most important business meeting of the church during the year. And it's a series of services set aside where a man of God preaches and teaches on missions. And the burden of missions is placed upon the heart of the people. And the Holy Spirit moves in their heart and directs them about praying for missionaries, about giving to missions, or about becoming a missionary, or all three of them. So that's the purpose 
of having a missions meeting. Now, the second question I want to deal with is what is faith promised missions? And I don't have time to deal with it on the broadcast today. But I say to you that faith promised missions is simply a church being taught how to live by faith and give by faith. The Bible teaches three types of giving. Number one, the Bible teaches tithing. Tithing is the first 10% of our income. It does not belong to us. It belongs to God. And we're to bring that tithe, give it to the treasury of the local church, and that money is used to finance God's work there on the local scene of that church. Of course, above that, there is a free will offering that we give to the church or to special needs that arises in the life and ministry of the church. But faith promised giving as church members make a commitment by faith that week after week, month after month, they will give financially into the mission budget of their local church. And the church receives that money and then sends it out on a consistent basis to the missionaries whom God leads them to support. The tithe is the Lord's. God set it up to finance the local operation. But above that, God set up a method of giving the missions by faith. We simply ask the Lord what He wants us to do, and then we obey God as He leads it upon our heart. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 7, the Bible said, Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. That does not speak of tithing. That is God's plan of giving to missions. Father, take the word, use it to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, I trust you enjoyed the broadcast today. Let me encourage you that you pray for the broadcast, that the Lord would bless it and use it to the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, I want to encourage you that you write to us and share with us in the financial burden of the radio ministry. Simply address that letter to Harvest Time, 179, Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. That's Harvest Time, 179, Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. And be sure to join us each weekday, Monday through Friday, at this same time. God bless you. Until the next broadcast. Oh,